Ireland's smallest comedy club, located in Galway City, Ireland, sponsors Black Milkshake, the pubcast. A great bit of banter with some great folks. Uh. The Chinese Year of the Black Milkshake. Yes, folks, you heard it here first. 2023 is the Chinese year of the Black Milkshake. Happy New Year, Ray. Welcome back, Jimster. Happy New Year, my friend. Cheers. It's the New Year, and we're back with a vengeance, and we've got all your favorite shenanigans, tomfoolery, and a few nice new features, Jimster. Yeah, and we do, and one of them is that today's episode has been kindly provided by Claire Morris Community Radio 94.6 FM in County Mayo in Ireland. Do you want to tell us what that's all about, Ray? In this episode, for a change, Jimster, instead of us interviewing people, we are on the hot seat, pal. We are, and we are actually going to be interviewed by the wonderful Eleanor Prendergast, who's going to be interviewing us and finding some stuff out about us, Ray. Shakers, pin back your lug holes and have a good listen. You're going to enjoy this. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> 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 I'm joined on the line by Yorimar Kirko and Ray Mack. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Well, thanks for having us on. Oh, thank you so, so much for joining me. It is a pleasure to have you guys. And you are live from Turkey, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. right. We're in, we're in Istanbul. Beautiful. And it's, it's warm over there. I'm going to make the Irish people jealous now. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I dare to ask you, what's the weather like in Ireland? <laughs> freezing. Absolutely freezing. Ice everywhere. But it was raining as I was on the way to the studio here. And I've been getting weather warnings of snow. And it's nothing, going, it's going nothing, from, nothing seems to ever change in Ireland, does it? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, you're not you're not missing too much anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I've been clicking like like nobody's business on beautiful pictures of snow in various locations in Mayo this week and really? slightly chuckling that it was 20 degrees here today. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> Ray was, was out on the balcony. I was actually. <laughs> uh, but. I was wearing a T-shirt, but actually I did cover it up with a, a tracksuit top. Uh, it's been an absolutely fabulous day, hasn't it, Jimster? I mean, sun, yeah, was yeah. Shining, sun was shining, a little bit nippy outside, but it's an incredible... The, the weather in Istanbul this, year, this time of the year is actually very, very strange. Okay, yeah, right. It, it is, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but how are you guys? So you are a duo of Black Milkshake, the podcast. So tell our listeners, what is this about? You got oh, a great question. <laughs> Lady, ladies what? first. <laughs> All right, right. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome, Jim. So go for it. All right, okay. Um, Black Milkshake, the podcast. What is it? Well, it is a podcast in a pub. And uh, we thought we were hugely original doing that. And we found out there are at least five other people who thought that they were original too. Um, no, Ray and his cousin um, have a, a site on Facebook called um, Black Milkshake, um, which is kind of, how would you describe it, Ray? Well, it's a very family, uh, no religion, no politics, a little bit of football, but it's, it's good fun. It's, 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 jo- it's kind of yeah. jokes and memes, isn't it, really? The, yeah. the, the Facebook page. And, and we, it seems we to work, up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, we came up with the idea 
earlier this year of trying to turn it into um, well, a podcast, a radio program, and um, and seeing where we would go through that from there, really. And it didn't. Everything didn't quite go to plan. But what what we've done is we've we've managed to. Um, Black milkshake, of course, is a is a, a reference to uh, shaking Stevens. I think Ray is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe that, Elner. <laughs> AKA the most famous drink. In the world. Of course. Well, Guinness. you have a lovely <clears throat> picture of the two of you sitting in a pub in Istanbul with two Guinnesses um, in front of you and you're all set up and you look like you're having a great time. Well, we were. But actually, those are those are cartoon caricatures that oh, I did. Are but they? Uh, <laughs> but you know those Guinnesses that you, that you just mentioned? <laughs> you look very carefully at the hand. That's actually the same hand. And they are Tom Cruise's hands. No way. Way. Tom yes. Cruise. <laughs> oh so that's goodness. the, that, where it says in the background there, James Joyce Irish Pub, that's where yeah. Ray and I met, you know, as, as we often say when he, he stole my wife's seat. And um, we broadcast there. That's where we we go in a little room upstairs. And um, that's that's where all the, the magic happens, Ray, isn't it? It is indeed. I mean, it's the third floor. And it's overlooking the uh, very, very famous street in Istanbul called Istiklal Street. And as you know, Istanbul is very, very colourful, very cosmopolitan. It's a great place to do a podcast and it's a fantastic bar. It's probably one of the finest Irish pubs in Istanbul. Correct, Jimster? Yeah. Absolutely, and they they give us they give us our support, and they seem to find what we do quite amusing. So um, yeah, so that's what we do. And as for what the the show is, I mean, it, it's hard to to define really, and it, it's taken several months for me to actually be able to articulate this. But I, I think that was the initial idea. We thought we'd create the the, the Facebook page, but it's turned into I think I would call it a comedy recording in progress. Oh, something popped up there. Recording stopped. Oh, okay. <laughs> Zoom okay, was well. trying to do your own thing. Ex- yes, excuse me, Zoom. He was talking. <laughs> I, I clicked on got it. I don't know that's if that okay. solves the problem or not. But I clicked yeah, on I'd, I'd call it a comedy variety show. We have a bit of banter. We, we play a few games, uh, wind each other up a bit, put sketches in there, and we interview people uh, as well. Um, yes, I was listening to your latest episode, Tom Eulery part one, right? And mm-hmm. you were interviewing Morag Prenti, also known as Kate Kerrigan. She's a two for one person, is she? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll let, I'll let oh. Ray comment about that one. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, I'm 28 years in Istanbul. Wow. Uh, half, yeah, half my life now, yeah. And, uh, and some, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. 28. So it makes me 56. Now, if you do the maths correctly, no tomfoolery or shenanigans, Jim Or Tom Eulery. (laughs) Or Tom Eulery. No, but um, I've been around 30 years since I've seen Morag. But uh, she's a very, very famous and popular lady, and she's well-loved and respected in Mayo and all over Ireland. She's originally from Scotland, of English parents, isn't it, Jim Yeah, I think so. No, her parents. Parents Irish were parents. Irish. Our parents were Irish, yeah, but she spent most London. of her time, yeah, most yeah, of her time in London. And she worked for Moore Magazine uh, as an editor and just 17. And she has got a handful of uh, books as an author, Kate Kerrigan in Ireland. She's a fantastic lady, a live wire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But she was so funny and so uh, down to earth and open about her story. It was great. Yeah. I loved the episode. Mm-hmm. 
Goodbye, darlings. This is Dame Metner Everidge. I hate capital letters and punctuation, so it was easy for me to find Black Milkshake the podcast on Twitter and Instagram by just typing in Black Milkshake the podcast. Follow the boys. Your podcast needs you. Bye, possums. In 1960, we live in a world of movie stars, motorways, and motels. Things the generation before never dreamed of. But what can we expect 40 years on in the year 2000? We should assume a peaceful world where we will be able to select the sex of our children and even select their mathematical ability. Forward thinking like this is reflected nowhere better than Mickey and Worcestershire, where a team of scientists aim to build the perfect population for the perfect decade in a new village centered around their woodland laboratories in this quiet corner of rural England. Local mayor and professor of eugenics at the Licky Institute says the futuristic settlement is at phase two of the overall plan and we can see a few of the attractive innovations that might well be copied elsewhere. Children born in Licky End will have advantages that we could never dream of. Pygmies from darkest Africa were imported to Licky to help with the war effort. Many of them serve as volunteers in the forest-clad laboratories to pioneering our battles with mental deficiency. Only last month, women from the tribe were brought in to perform surrogate duties and perform as entertainers for many of the contract workers in Licky. Licky is unusually diverse for these parts, and in addition to the pygmies, has a vibrant community of German, Austrian, and Swedish scientists who like the rural anonymity and freedom they have to continue their valuable efforts to improve the quality of the human race. The future is an exciting place, and by the year 2000, Licky End will lead the way in enlightenment and racial harmony, in a healthy environment and a world that has no overcrowding or battles for resources. The designers and forward thinkers of Licky are appealing for educated, well-established English families to settle in Licky End and help us on our road to phase five, Licky End, creating the light that will keep out the dark. One of the great things about doing a podcast is that you meet a lot of people with very similar interests and people who give you ideas and you give them ideas and it's and it's great fun to share. A couple of people that I've met in the last couple of months, two guys called Brian and Brian in Minnesota in America who have a podcast which they, they started in November and it's called the Social Loafers Podcast. <laughs> the two of them met in the, in the bread factory of all places, hence the name, and they do a podcast where they discuss deep and meaningful things in life through the genre of film very often. So here's a little audiogram if you want to catch them. Good morning, loafers, and welcome to another terrific day of loafing. And Seth Rogen being older, he's like, Michael Keaton, well, yeah. that's my Batman. Well, of course. And Zach Efron's like, no, bro, Christian Bale. He's like, show me where the drugs are. And he's like, that's not, what, that's not what Batman sounds like. It's more like this. I'm Batman. <laughs> If you're interested in film and want to listen to a podcast that's really good fun, intelligent, and not pretentious at all, why not look for them on all the major podcast providers, social loafers. Now, Ray, you've started out as a DJ here in Ballina in County Mayo, and James, or Yorama, excuse me, um, <laughs> you started out in radio production, so your background is in radio for both of you. Mm. Yeah, can I, try much, before, can, uh, can I go first? Ladies first. <laughs> I'll go first on my lifetime story. Have you got time for it? Yes, please. <laughs> I'll pretend I've never heard it before. <laughs> a long, long time ago. 
back in the day. Uh, it all started in Ballina. <clears throat> I worked for a, an incredible woman, a hard-working woman, who loved her hotel and who loved and doted on her nightclub called Pearl's Nightclub. She owned the Deanwood Hotel in Ballina. Her name is Molly Maguire. She's now Molly McMahon. She was an incredible woman. She was the instigator of nightlife in Ballina. I worked for her. Even my brothers and sisters worked for her. I worked as a DJ two or three nights a week with Peter Collins. Now, Peter Collins is working for RTE. Oh. Peter Collins is originally from Westport. Anyway, to make a short story long, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I got fed up. After the 80s, I wanted to move on to Dublin. You know, it was a bit difficult. So Molly got in contact with Louis Walsh. Louis Walsh. The Louis Walsh. No, Louis yeah, Louis was just oh. about to break in. He was just forming uh, Boys on at the time in Dublin. But also he was the uh, entertainment manager for the O'Dwyer brothers. The O'Dwyer brothers were Tipperary brothers. And they owned nightclubs like Break for the Border, Major Tom's, O'Dwyer's of Mount Street, Olympia, which were all run and owned by the Tipperary brothers, the O'Dwyer's. Louis Walsh was the entertainment manager. He took me under his wing. Of course, I was a fellow Mayo man. He looked after me well. And actually, while I was actually in Break for the Border, I was overlooking the balcony. And I saw Boyzone doing their um, doing their thing downstairs, doing their dance moves and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Because he, he told me, he says, one week from now, he says, make sure you watch The Late Late Show with Gay Byrne. He says, and you'll see them making their debut. My God, was that a laugh. And <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the video. Yes, I have. I think there's not a person in Ireland who hasn't seen that video. It's part of history. It is, but I mean... I heard something about that uh, the other week, apparently. Um, apparently, Gay Byrne was incredibly rude to them. I, I, what was his name now? Uh, was it, uh, Shane Duffy, was it? Yeah. Shane Duffy yeah. said he wanted he said he wanted to punch him really? uh, because Louis Walsh had actually um, only got the final lineup together apparently 24 hours before they were due to go on the Late Late Show and then said to them, just dance or something. Yeah, um, but I left yeah. them in the lurch really so they were, being, yeah. they were being shafted, if you can say that, from both sides. But then they came through, didn't they? Yeah, but Eleanor, Jimmy, seriously, a lot of people laughed. Oh, of but he got the la- he, he Yeah, but he got the last laugh. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> now, yeah. as you can as you can imagine, uh, Louis didn't stay much longer in Break for the Border and in the entertainment slark, you know, show bands mm. and stuff, because he was like Mr. Hollywood at this stage, you know. But anyway, I went on to uh, back up Van Morrison, Smokey, Chris Christopherson, Vince Gill, Hothouse Flowers, Aslan, Shane McGowan, Bagatelle, Jerry Lee Lewis, who was residing in Dublin due to tax reasons with his wife, Kerry Lee Lewis. I did all these gigs for Break for the Border back in the day. Wow. And final point, Jimmy, I think I told you about this. I don't know, probably you're oh, too young. Twice, yeah. You're yeah. too young for this, Eleanor. <laughs> but one, of my, one of my best drinking buddies in the 90s was a guy by the name of Vinnie Jones, a.k.a. the hard man, a Wimbledon football player who went on to uh, Hollywood stardom because Guy Ritchie was spending a lot of time also back and forth in Dublin, Jimmy and Eleanor. Mm. And he gave him his big break in that movie, Lockstock and 2,000 Smoking Barrels. (laughs) Was it 2,000? Two two barrels. That's two, two smoking barrels. <laughs> I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. <laughs> but Vinny was a regular in Break for the Border and Major Toms. 
and he used to he used to come up to me, ask me to play a track for him, blah blah blah. And it used to finish at around two o'clock or two thirty, like the nightclubs would finish at that stage. So he says, Ray, come on, let's go to Lily Bordellos. Let me tell you about Lily Bordellos. Lily Bordellos would kick off at three o'clock. You had to know people on the door to get in there. And as I was working for the Auto Wires, I was fairly kind of, you know, in the uh, loop and stuff. So anyway, off I went for my booze and buddy, Vinny Jones. We got in, of course, security. Hey, Vinny, how you doing? Ray Mac, how you doing? Well, did, maybe they did say that and they didn't. <laughs> I might be, you know, fibbing along. But anyway, a bottle of wine cost around 20 or 30 and it was like petrol. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if you even drank it at that stage. That would finish at 5 o'clock or 5.30 and you'd still be gagging for drink. In so the morning? Be, yeah, in the morning. But then there was a thing called the early house that would open at 7 o'clock. So me and Vinny and a few of my pals, we would walk around Dublin City waiting for the early house to open up. I kid you not. This is the truth. And then there'd be a queue outside for the early house and it'd start all over again. My God, I was mad with the drink. And he was he was a renowned alcoholic back in the day, Vinny. But why oh God. I don't know how I survived all those years. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel uh, sorry to interrupt your story, but I'm I'm just mm. racked with guilt because I'm sure that Keith Duffy is listening, and um, <laughs> I realise I called him Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he was with you as well in the early house, Ray. I no no idea. <laughs> I've no idea. Well, for God's sake, so Ray. Well, you wouldn't know it. That's something very creative to promote. We'd love you to be our guest on Black Milkshake, the podcast, next month. Send us a private message. Good skills. Good morning, room service. This is Greg, Greg Aspinall, the, the cleaner. Hey, and in the red corner. <laughs> the room's not red. It's, it's more Dulux Magnolia, Mr. Phil Mitchell. So, what's some breakfast? Well, the, 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 there's all this Turkish stuff, hard-boiled eggs and ruddy jam and cucumbers and so on and so forth. Uh, or you can have the full English which is highly irregular in an Irish pub, especially considering they do those Scottish square sausages too. <laughs> Mr. Ayrson says you can have what you want because you're on EastEnders, on Telelight. I don't carry glasses with me when I'm cleaning, just sundry cleaning devices and agents. What's in that bag? What kind of whiskey, Brandy? I'm not sure you should be consuming liquor in your pyjamas, Mr. Phil Mitchell. Uh, well, you my mother or something? No, I, I've never been a primary caregiver or contributed by DNA to new human life. Well, then, I get a couple of glasses for now. To, to drink out of or to augment my vision? Vodka. Whiskey. Brandy. Am I inferring that you intend for me to drink hard liquor with you in your hotel bedroom in the middle of the day? Oh, whatever tree you want. So, what's it to me? Well, I, I don't wish to give pecuniary support to nefarious overseas regimes such as Russia or France, so I'll have a, a wee drop of whiskey, as they say in um, 
Kirkwood Bright. Uh, Whiskey. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mr. Phil Mitchell of EastEnders. excellent choice. Whoever here ever a fine 12-year-old mort. <laughs> I, I had a canary once that was 12 years old, but he, he died. You're a good friend of me. Looking out for me. Looking after me. He's part of me. Job at the James Joyce Irish pub, Mr. Mitchell. You're mine. A true friend. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mitchell. I, I, I don't have many friends, you know. To you. You've done some of your work. Well, shaved my eyebrows off once by accident. You've done some of your work. It's just a, a side parting and a, a, a wet comb. Nothing special. Well, it's you, You're looking good. Don't put yourself down. You're looking very, very, very lovely. What are you doing? Kissing you. I, I, I don't think this is in my contract, Phil Mitchell. I think so. You, well, you remember the you, yeah. you remember the mad drummer Eleanor from uh, the Commitments? <clears throat> yes, I do. Yeah, he was also in our gang. Really? I cannot, for the life of me, I can't forget. Yeah, I mean, these were the mad headers back in the nineties, oh. early nineties. Was Dublin. he called Spider or something? That Uncle does ring a bell. Mobile phones and all the proof to say I was <laughs> with these guys. You know, right? But it sounds like you lived like the high life in Dublin. I did. I did indeed. And I mean, one of the best gigs I ever backed up, and Jimmy knows this, was Chris Christopherson. I mean, unbelievable. He came up to me, he introduced himself, blah, blah, blah. He said, Mm. you're going to be on before me. He gave me a couple of CDs. We were doing CDs at the time. We were a little bit more upwardly mobile. The vinyl years were over. And I thought he was going to give me a load of good CDs, like Boyzone or Westlife or something. (laughs) He gave me all these country and western singers that were going to be big in a couple of years he says i want you to play these for me before my gig and just introduce me chris christopherson on stage blah 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 did that for him no problem he was a gentleman and just before he went on stage he says can you do me a favor he says ray mac he says uh can you tell somebody at reception to leave 40 towels and 50 cans of budweiser on my bed in my uh, hotel room and for the life of me i don't know what those 40 towels were for <laughs> I was just doing as I was told. I got a nice $50 tip oh, at the nice. end of that. Uh, so, yeah. thank you, Chris Christopherson. Amazing. Wait, Ray actually still DJs a bit now, and he still accepts $50 tips as well. If you... yeah, I'm not a DJ, I'm an entertainer. An entertainer, yeah. He's, well, he's an entertainer who, who presses play on records and <laughs> allows $50 to be stuck down the back of his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh you know, tis God. the season to Absolutely. be saying it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is amazing. God, you must have some stories there, Ray. Yeah, but I mean, I owe it all to that woman I told you, Molly yeah. McGuire, Pearls yeah. Nightclub. It was the most pivotal nightclub in the West of Ireland. People came from all over. Just Bellana Nightlife was number one in the 80s and early 90s. Incredible. Oh. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will remember that. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Amazing. So from Balana to Istanbul. Yeah, I know. But you're living in Claire Mars, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, if my history is correct from William Ruan, my history teacher in Balana, the birthplace of the Connacht GAA, the first Connacht Council meeting took place there in 1902. Wait a minute, this is all in my brain now. The Land League no, flag. It's, no, it's no really the not. Land League yeah, flag no, was made here and it was carried the seven miles to Irish Town in 1879, the foundation of the Land League by Michael Davitt. Thank you, Mr. Rowan, my history teacher in St. Muridix College, Ballina. Am I correct? I haven't a clue. You could be. Yeah. We'll just say yes. Possibly. I will definitely check on Wikipedia later. <laughs> and something he didn't Same tell me. You're on now. <laughs> something he didn't tell me, <clears throat> that Claire Morris is pivotal for riding. Claire Morris, sadly, <laughs> an antiquarian <laughs> symptom. <laughs> One of the finest in Ireland, and I heard, also trained several award-winning show jumpers. True or false? True. Absolutely, yeah. True. So good skills, Claire Morris. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think, you know what? I think we've hidden gems here in County Mayo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Mayo. I miss it so much. Do you? Do you ever come back? I do. I'm coming back in January. Uh, I might pop up to Claire Morris and you might get me a black milkshake on the house, yeah? Uh, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> An interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll come on live straight into the studio, yeah? Absolutely. Just rock up and say, it's Ray Mac and they'll let you in. You'll be yeah, VIP. My mom, yeah, my mum is, uh, is, that's the reason I come home, because my mum, 92 years young. Wow. And I come from a huge family, Eleanor, uh, 12 siblings, seven oh. girls, five boys, yeah. Full football team. Oh, my <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And are they all based here in Mayo? Yeah, they're different? actually not. Mayo, England, Mayo, England, Egypt and Turkey. Actually, there's three of my family married to Turks. I'm married to a Turk. My sister Edel is married to a Turk and my brother Jerry is married to a Turk. So that's three Muslims in the Catholic family. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Happy days. That Happy would be an ecumenical matter. That is. <laughs> Well, your man, let's see if you can top Ray's story. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Go on, knock yourself out, Jimmy. No, I, I can't do all that stuff. I've heard those stories a million times before. Well, people will know by your accent. I know I'm introducing you as uh, Yorma, but uh, you were born in Scotland, right? No, I, I was born in England. Um, Scotland is my, well, I wouldn't say it's my, I don't know if I, what home is. I'm a bit of a nomad, really. But um, Scotland, Scotland's my base. Uh, Yorma, uh, yeah, it's probably not exactly my real name, but um, it, it, I'm not even sure if I should tell this story right now, but it did <laughs> involve some French police officers oh. and, <laughs> and a secreted passport. Um, and uh, I was with a Finnish friend, actually, in Père Lachaise uh, Cemetery in Paris, Many years ago, I think I was, I don't know, I was 21 or something. And we started off the morning for some reason with a celebratory breakfast bottle of wine and uh, on the metro and ended up, well, we were going to visit Jim Morrison's grave, Jim Morrison of the Doors, and uh, spent a lot of time around the graveyard, you know, very cultural, Oscar Wilde's grave, Chopin and all of this stuff. And of course, when they were chucking us out of the the graveyard, we decided that we were um, going to sneak around to the Jim Morrison bit and, you know, sit there and be cool and drink some 
wine, more wine, probably the fifth bottle that day. I have no idea. Uh, with Jim Morrison, of course, what we and it was all very deep and meaningful and mystical and drunk. And what we didn't realize, of course, was that lots and lots of young idiots do this kind of thing and they have cameras, especially on that part of the cemetery. Everyone leaves Chopin alone at that time. You know, they go and respectfully say, you know, RIP. But, um, they, yeah, they, uh, we, we were carted out by the police. And for reasons that I have, I don't understand. I thought that as my friend was finished, it probably made more sense if I was as well. So he showed his passport and I shoved mine down the back of my jocks and <laughs> made up a name that was rather similar to my own. And many other things happened that day. That's the very edited version. Right, <laughs> okay. The name more or less came from that. Right, very yeah. interesting. Wow. Well, That's good story. I've never told that story on air before. But that is a really good story. I've heard it about story. a thousand times. <laughs> 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 I never get fed up here on that one. Well, that is a really good story. That's very rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that was, I think that was when I really thought I was doing rock and roll. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you realise later just what a fool you are. And <laughs> <laughs> I go back to the real world, but yeah. Inside Out in Istanbul with Lisa Morrow. A lot of things are different here in Turkey, and buying underwear is one of them. There's the usual hassle of finding a style you like in a size that actually is what it says on the label. Then there's the cultural stuff. Like when I lived in central Turkey and saw men, not women, working in underwear shops. They weren't hands-on, thank God, but their uncanny ability to just scrutinise you closely, you know, eye you up, before correctly determining your size was too up close and personal for me. The same goes for my local markets here in Istanbul. There are huge stalls dedicated to underwear in all shapes and sizes. The bras are pegged to overhead ropes, forming a veritable rainbow of colours. There's red satin, yellow, green or blue polyester, white brodre anglaise bridal, black lace, leopard or tiger skin print bedroom, take your pick, provided of course you're comfortable with a large audience and several men dancing attendance. Then there's the fact that if you buy the bra size the seller suggests, and it turns out to be wrong when you try it on back home, you're allowed to bring it back and exchange it. Good, huh? Well, I don't know if the same rules apply to underpants, but it just doesn't bear thinking about. If hearing this makes you decide to stick to buying underwear from modern, anonymous department stores, Think again. My last experience involved having a sales assistant firmly grasping my personals, one in each hand, then pushing them higher up my chest to demonstrate the type of bra she thought I needed. It reminded me of being 12 years old at my first ever, and only, I might add, bra fitting. Me, my mum, and the specialist fitter, a woman with a bosom the size of an aircraft carrier, were crammed into a tiny change room with only a flimsy curtain between me and the rest of the store. Despite being 30 plus years older, and in a foreign country where I don't always catch on to what's being said straight away, I felt just as embarrassed. Although at least this time I left with a much nicer bra. No, um, you're asking about background. I mean, yeah, I did. I've been a teacher, um, but I... I done radio as well and I used to do the news um, and I used to produce documentaries and things like that and I just had this love of, of doing it and as you're probably aware yourself there's the old saying that there's no grey hair in radio well you've certainly not got it and <laughs> neither have I my, my hair's gone pink but um, and gingers don't get them ginger, gingers don't well come on Ray come on I don't think so Jimmy 
you're not as ginger as you are. And you've got some pink bits as well. Anyway, no, uh, but, you know, you know, no grey hair in radio. And I, I just realised that it was struggling to pay bills, struggling to do this. I was writing comedy at the time as well, trying to get into sitcom writing. In the end, I, I gave up. But I, you know, I think every decade of my life I've, I've started again. But yeah, we just the love of it has never gone away, really. And we came up with this idea together. And I, I think that Ray and I sort of complement each other. We're really different people, but we're, you know, best pals. You know, I have this more production background and Ray has the DJ thing. And together it sort of marries well. I, I also have a ridiculously a ridiculous sense of humour as well, which kind of is a contrast to the, the news and production thing. And I think, Ray, it, uh, we haven't had any complaints so far, have we? Well, if the truth be told, Eleanor, seriously, truth Jimmy, the truth. Jimmy is a workhorse of the uh, Black Milkshake, the podcast. I mean, he's takes total control of all the sketches, production, yeah. everything, voiceovers. I, I just come in there and just act the grey rat. <laughs> And you know, just do what I'm told. He's and you don't get a second. You don't get a second chance with Jimmy. It's just one take, Eleanor. I mean, right. he's he's out. Well, your uh, humour and your friendship, it really does come across the podcast. And it I really enjoyed listening. Now, I've only listened to one episode so far, but I really enjoyed it. And well, thanks you, very much. Yeah, but you create this lovely environment. And with your guests, you know, they just, all the walls come down and they start cracking jokes and they start laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Morag, like she, the, her stories and the way, you know, the jokes she was cracking, it was just, it was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And also your ads as well that you play in between the shows that <laughs> I can't play on this show, but <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to them. <laughs> um, but you also uh, create, have characters as well. And one of them is our Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah, L- Liam Neeson's a regular visitor on our show. And we've learned things about Liam Neeson, right? Haven't we? That we never knew. I did. And I, I met him uh, in the 90s in yeah. Break the Border. But Mm. Yeah, but I think he's changed quite a bit since, hasn't he? I mean, in our dealings with him, he he does have a, I don't know if the word proliferation is right, but he he certainly has an interest in um, unusual uh, lifestyle choices. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, he's some character. He is, yeah. We also have, we also feature... um, Jim McDonald from Coronation Street quite a bit. Uh, but we, ha- we have some other characters as well. We have uh, Hansi, the uh, South African horoscope guy. Maybe a lot of people don't actually know that, but that's me putting on a strange voice. And I often have arguments with myself in this <laughs> other voice. And Hansi is a spoof horoscope guy who's really just trying to sell things for his family. So we've got him up in our next uh, episode, Tom Eulery. Uh, Tom Eulery 2, which is coming out on the 20th. Is that Tuesday, Ray, or Monday? Monday. You're right, Tuesday. Um, <laughs> yes, it's coming out on Tuesday. So what we've actually done there, we've managed to get uh, Honzi going for dinner with Christmas dinner with Jim McDonald. And, but it, yeah, we, we have a lot of characters like that. We also do stuff with uh, Christina McMahon, who we mentioned when we were chatting to before, who did the Island's Got Talent thing as uh, Bernadette Mary with her tender Tinder ballad. And she does quite a few voices for us and um, uh, mad, absolutely madcap stuff. I mean, it, it's one of those things I'll, give, I'll sometimes suggest to her what she's what, what I'd like her to do. And then sometimes she might do that and sometimes it might just be something completely different. But it's yeah. always it's always brilliant. It's so she, she's point. on and she's created a, a 
lovely character called Josh Gottesby, who um, likes to overshare a little bit about areas of his anatomy that he, he shouldn't. And it's, yeah, I'm probably not able to use some of the words that Josh Gottesby uses on no. here, but it, it's really good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think what, what we do is Ray leads a lot of the the banter sections on on the show, and I mainly come up with the the comedy ideas. But mm. what we like to do is alternate. I mean, you you probably heard in the the thing that we did with Morag Pronti that you know we'll cut the interview into bits. Yes. You know, it might be a twenty minute interview, five minutes here. And Ray and I have both been teachers, and you know, there's nothing like looking at a class of bored kids when you've been talking about the same thing for 15 minutes. And I understand why, because as an adult, I th- I'm exactly the same. And so what we do is we like to split the things up, you know, because sketches, some people love a sketch, some people don't love a sketch. So you can't make it 10 minutes long, says he, just realising how long <laughs> we've been talking. <laughs> the audience isn't bored by now. No, but, yeah, no, We just no. like to do that. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. And it's it's nice to listen to that humorous stuff, you know, because podcasts, most of them are very serious, but at least the ones that are advertised on Spotify and, you know, on uh, media. And it's just nice to come across something that integrates Irish humor and that actually makes you laugh. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Dear Hansi. I really like this girl in my office. I'm 25, she's 24. She's witty, smart and great to talk to. I'd like to take things to the next level, but I'm not sure if she knows how I feel. Should I send her a photocopy of my penis? From Ronald in Bristol. Well, Ronald, it sounds like you've made a really good connection with this girl, but I, I would strongly recommend you not to photocopy your penis. Photocopiers transmit ultraviolet lights, which contains UVB which can cause brown marks and red veins on the sensitive skin. If you do this often, that could mean that nobody will ever want to look at your dick again. Dear Hansi, since my partner and I had our first child, I've gone off sex and my partner can't get enough of it. I'm 42, my partner is 40. The only way I can get aroused is by thinking of Geordie funny duo Ant and Deck. My wife doesn't know that I pretend to be Ant and Deck when I penetrate her, and I'm scared she'll think that I'm weird. How can I broach this topic with her from Colin in Leeds? To speak honestly to you, Colin, I I thought you were a girl when I I started to read your letter. Frankly, many people might find the ant and dick thing a bit odd because they're overrated has-beens. When I first moved overseas, my fiancé Mia missed me so much she slept with the rugby team because they reminded her of me, she told me. I took it as a big compliment that I'm worth 15 big guys. Do what feels right, my friend. She gets two for one. Spread the love. Oh, honey, if I get restless. Oh, well, you're not that kind. I think what we, we like to do, really, and, th- and this is what Ray's Facebook page, Black Milkshake, that sort of was the precursor to this. You'd agree, Ray, wasn't it? The whole point is a feel-good thing. Now, Absolutely. Ray's better at the feel-good stuff than I am, I have to say, because I can get a bit dark and morose at times. But but at the end of the I, day, I think, we you know, we complement each other. Yeah, 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 exactly. Very yeah. much. And we so. finish each other's. Uh, come on, Ray. Very we finish much. each other's 
Yeah, we finish each other's sentences. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if I may parlay over a wee minute. A woman went shopping with her husband and after a while he wandered off and she couldn't find him. So she rang and said, where are you, darling? In a quiet voice, he says, do you remember that jewellers? Where about five years ago I fell in love with, where you fell in love with that lovely diamond necklace. And at the time we couldn't afford it, but I promise you one day I'll go back and get it for you. Her eyes filled up with tears and she croaked. Yes, darling, I remember. Well, I'm in the pub next door. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Good way. Good one. (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of women calling up your show now and giving oh, out <laughs> I bet you are I don't know what I'm going to do Ray but I'll just send them your way I'll just <laughs> <laughs> well it is the season to be saying tis well this is it this is it um, so you guys uh, you have as I mentioned the Tom Eulery part one episode and you've another is it the part two episode coming out mm-hmm. on the 20th mm-hmm. and those are yeah. Christmas specials Christmas specials yeah Brilliant. Um Excuse me. We we normally do do one a month. I mean, you, you know, you talked about a lot of podcasts being very serious. Some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are a lot madder than ours. But ours require because it. I would call it a variety show, really. And but that require you know having special guests like Liam Neeson, etc. You know, it does require a lot of booking from our management people and production and things. But we, um, it, it takes a lot. It takes a long time to do it. So we tend to do one a month. But um, we had a lot of material uh, for Christmas, and also thought that it would be fun. To, Another to do great too. guy on the show, Jimmy. I don't think if you mentioned him, Bob Bob Hinnigan. Mm. Yeah, I'll let you tell a little bit of. Uh, even though he's from my town, do, do you know Jimmy. Bob Hinnigan, Eleanor? Nope. nope. No, he's he's a really really funny comedian, and he uh, he runs a place in Galway, I believe, called. Ireland's smallest comedy club. Oh, okay. Which may or may not yeah, ring a bell. Yeah, that rings a bell, but, uh, yeah. He, he's done a few sketches for us as well. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, he was hilarious. our first interview, wasn't he, Ray? Wow. Absolutely. I think this, and, was, this, this got off to a flying start with the help of Bob as well. God yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, he was really, mm. really helpful. He still yeah, is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he is. He, he's, he's still in the loop, yeah. Be, mm. His club is going to, the smallest comedy club in Ireland is going to be sponsoring our uh, January edition. And then we also have another, I was going to say another madman, but that might not be fair to, to Bob. <laughs> but um, we're, our two Christmas editions, Tom Eulery, are sponsored by the World Toe Wrestling Federation. And that is actually a real thing. And no like, way. The guy yeah, who really. runs this is the current <laughs> world champion found me on Twitter and uh, we struck up this bizarre uh, internet friendship. Yeah. So he's he's sponsoring our next thing. He's invited us over, Ray, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I've actually volunteered you for one of the events. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just be serving the tea. Oh, I've, but, got beautiful, uh, I've got beautiful toes and beautiful feet oh, yeah, for well, man. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see them broken. It's <laughs> just like arm wrestling, but with your toes. And Oh, mm. God, they break. How this many stuff? times has he broken... Uh, his own. I don't know. I haven't asked him. Uh, well, well, I haven't asked him. Yeah, a few times, actually. Wow. It's quite funny, though, actually, because it, he is really passionate about this toe wrestling thing, and he's absolutely hilarious. But because he's got this, this picture of this foot, he gets a lot of very strange messages off people on the internet. Right. Fetishes. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And he finds it really funny to go along with what they're saying for a bit and then just smash them down. So, yeah. 
I'm not going to go into that in too much oh detail. Well, I could talk to you guys forever and ever, but we ha- unfortunately we have to end our interview. So I don't want to cut us. I don't want Zoom to cut us off. But it has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you both. As I Likewise. said, I could I could listen to you forever, and uh, your podcast. It is absolutely amazing. As I said, so, so funny. And your partnership is just incredible. It's just very good Irish and British humour that you can listen to. Easy listening, I guess you call it. Yeah, uh, that's really nice. Really. Uh, uh, We're very, very grateful that you've had us on. Um, It's been really lovely, lovely to meet you and uh, keep in touch and uh, be a a friend of the show. Absolutely. (laughs) And speaking of which, before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on Facebook and where they can listen to the podcast as well yeah we we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on instagram just type in black milkshake all one word the pubcast don't worry about capital letters or punctuation and um, you can find us on there uh, if you go into our profile there's a link we're on Acast. it doesn't matter if you're not an experienced podcast user at all just click that link your computer will take you there most of our listeners are not very experienced podcast listeners, but you can find us on a lot of the main things like Podbean, etc. We're on Acast, we're on Apple, but you can find us in many, many places, but definitely Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's in our profile, Black Milkshake, the podcast. Amazing. Eleanor, thank you so much thank for having you. us on the show. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Wonderful. Ray okay, McAndrew and the Automat Critico. Thank you. Thanks, Shakers. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Black Milkshake, the podcast. Yeah, we usually put up video highlights of the show or whatever takes our fancy. Drop us a line. We're always on the lookout for feedback, joke of the month, and lost in translation letters, where you tell us an embarrassing misunderstanding that you've had abroad. Special guest next month is our partner, Australian travel writer Lisa Morrow. And don't forget to have a listen to the Social Loafers podcast and give us a review on our Facebook or your podcast provider page. Special thanks to our hosts, Eleanor Prendergast and Claire Morris Community Radio, our sponsor, Ireland's smallest comedy club with Bob Hennigan, Lisa Morrow, Marky, Tim Hallam, the Zippy of Rainbow, Orville the Duck, Steve McFadden, Thomas Lawrence, and Uncle Eamon McAndrew. Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast was presented by Ray Mack and Your Marquee Co. and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Black Milkshake 2023